Hi, I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. I'm here at HIMSS speaking with Eric Decker, who is CISO of Intermountain Health. Eric is also co-chair of the 405D Cybersecurity Task Group that advises the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Hi, Eric. Hey, Marianne. How you doing? Good. So, Eric, there's a new update to the Health Industry Cybersecurity Practices document that was first issued in 2019. What will we find in this new updated document that is most significant? Yeah, so it is, it is for sure a, uh, I would call it a, a 0.5 level update. You know, we, we updated one of the threats from phishing to social engineering. And then we did some significant rewrite of practices. So the medical device practices has uh, it's much more, much more robust than it was before. Uh, we've updated and added risk analysis and risk management into practice 10, really turned that whole thing into oversight and governance from a cybersecurity perspective. Uh, and then just peppered throughout you know, the, the rest of the practices, there's just a bunch of extra added help for folks to understand how to actually implement some of these sub-practices that are down at that level. So it's, uh, it's really just about modernizing, you know, keeping current. Uh, I think it's actually a good thing to know that we didn't have to do a significant like 2.0 version update because what we're really trying to make sure is that hiccup is analogous to hygiene and hygiene should just be the same, you know, no matter, you know, look at, look at the Spanish flu from a hundred years ago. The, they were masking up, they were washing their hands. What did we do with COVID? We masked up and we washed our hands, that's hygiene. And uh, so a lot of these practices are gonna be fairly consistent, uh, but hopefully the readers will, will find a lot of value in them. So with that said, what does the new document address that wasn't addressed before? Are there, is there new advice? Is there uh, new uh, you know, threats that are now highlighted or things that are highlighted in a way that maybe weren't before because it wasn't as much of a problem? Yeah, from a threat perspective, the, the main update was moving from phishing to social engineering and really looking at social engineering from the perspective of you're, it's going to come in through email for sure, uh, but there's also you know business email compromises. It's not just about credential access and malware dropping. Uh, there's smishing that's going on. This is the the text message phishing attacks you know that happen, and you know keeping the the reader current on those those types of uh, of attacks. And then I think the biggest update from a practice perspective was that risk uh, that practice ten, which is the used to be policies and procedures, and now it's cybersecurity oversight and governance, and it really gets into to what a risk assessment program looks like, what a risk management program looks like, how to work with cyber insurance, and, and what are the kinds of coverages you know, to consider as part of all of that. And then, of course, as well, the policies and procedures that was in there before. And now there were also other documents that were released today, one on resiliency. Uh, what can you tell us about this? Yes, so that is uh, that was a, a study that was sponsored, it was co-sponsored by HHS and the industry. Uh, so this was a what we call the Hospital Cybersecurity Resiliency Landscape Analysis. And what we were looking at was why is it, how are our hospitals getting beat today? What, what, are, the, what are the means and methods by which the, the, the adversaries are taking to, to actually break in? and cause disruptive damage. So we're not necessarily looking at uh, the, the data security, data confidentiality, privacy issues, which we all know are, are certainly issues. Uh, we were looking at more from a public health perspective. When our hospitals are not up and operational for 30 to 45 days because of a ransomware outbreak, that has, can cause harm. You know? and so so the, the landscape analysis looked at 
both that adversarial mindset, how are, they, how are they breaking in, how are they beating us, and then resiliency to that. You know, so what are the areas that we're strong from a hygiene perspective? Again, this goes back to Hiccup. Hiccup is that resiliency standard. And you know, where, what elements of that, when you marry the two things together, are we weaker on and where do we need to bolster? And so the, there's a risk analysis component of that landscape analysis that really broke everything up to the 10 practices of Hiccup and, and, and dug in deep. So there, there were two quantitative studies that we leveraged, the Chimes Most Wired survey data that uh, it was about 377 hospital uh, systems submitted data into. And that one was is really about like there's about 80 questions in that most wired survey that gets into cybersecurity stuff, and it's kind of yes no, or you know how often those are kind of how the questions are asked. And the AHA sponsored uh, another study this year as well, uh, sponsored by Sensinet and Class, and that study was really focused in on. What's the coverage of Hiccup look like? What's the coverage of the NIST cybersecurity framework look like? And what are some of the, the demographic information about these hospital systems? And there were 60 hospital systems that participated in that. Uh, and you know, from there, we can make all, all kinds of interesting inferences about you know, what coverage is. Because in, in cyber, things are not on or off. They're grades of sh- uh, sorry, shades of gray. <laughs> And, uh, and so, you know, how far into adoption uh, you are is actually super important. And that's what that study dove into. Then, after all of that was said and done, we actually sat down with 20 hospitals themselves and did a, a, had a conversation with them about, you know, what are they seeing, boots on the ground, what, what's their world look like, uh, how does it relate to Hiccup, what, do, how does this relate to the real world, uh, what are some of the things that they would like to see sort of action on. And what were some of the uh, top action sort of items that those 20 hospitals brought up? Yeah, so uh, for sure the ecosystem is, is, is one of the major things that we have to consider. We are not a health system of you know, four walls and we control everything that goes in through the gates of the four walls. We are a connected system with hundreds of vendors that are you know, coming in and out of our organization. Uh, so that is a challenge. The, the complexity of the technology stack is a challenge, which is why it's hard to do hygiene, cyber hygiene in this space, because it's always fluctuating and always changing. Uh, so, and we saw from the studies as well, like, you know, the, the, the area of, the, of least um, coverage was third-party supply chain risk management, you know, from the from this cybersecurity framework. So I think that's interesting. We also saw the area of least coverage in the hiccup was uh, medical device security and and the delivery of medical device security practices. And those two things are actually compounded together because our MDMs are connected into our environment as part of that ecosystem, and then the way we secure all of that is 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 in there. Uh, so that was that was one thing. Um, you know, I think as well, we saw various degrees of, uh, you know, attested coverage on 24-7 response. I think it was something like 88% or 87% of the hospitals said that they have a 24-7 eyes on glass, uh, you know, shop, like looking at, at these threats. And so that means 13% aren't. And, you know, same thing with two-factor authentication. We saw really high coverage around email, 91% saying they've got two-factor around email, but that means 9% are not. Um, And then when you start looking at, you know, lower but beyond that into like VPNs and so forth, I think the numbers were around in the 80 percentile or 80% 80 coverage uh, on that with two-factor authentication. And again, these are are the ways that the the adversaries are breaking in. They, They... they steal credentials or they buy credentials through an access broker 
and they use those credentials either to get into the front door or when they're inside your network, they move. And through the CrowdStrike data that we got from the threat report there, uh, within an hour and 24 minutes, I think is what their study says, they're moving laterally, they're already pivoting inside your environment using those credentials that they got through access brokers and so forth. So, uh, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, core things that, that are necessary. Two-factor coverage on your SOC, EDR, and, um, you know, third-party, you know, risk management, you know, are, are top, top items. So what's your advice in terms of how healthcare sector entities can use these documents for improving their own security? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I think first and foremost, the, the landscape analysis gives you a state of play where things are right now. I, there's really inform, interesting information in there as well on how the investment into cyber looks. So we, we looked at uh, investment as a cyber as a cyber expense to revenue, and you can you can take that data and then look at your own organization. So I believe the the number was 0.38% uh, of revenue on average is being invested into cyber security. So go back to your own organization and see where your investment is. Are you a below or above that? If you're below, you know, maybe you have an uh, opportunity here to shore up some of that coverage and you've got some good industry benchmarks to show you like what where things should be. Um, that's also not to suggest, by the way, that that investment is that, that, that we're in a happy place, you know, with that investment, you know, that there shouldn't be more uh, or that we need better outcomes associated to it. So I think that's, that's something useful. Uh, the other thing that was really interesting from the landscape analysis that the, the reader can take back and, and go to their organization is when, when you look at um, the CISO's ownership of the cybersecurity program, I think many people think that, of course, the CISO owns the entirety of the program. It's actually not true. There's a lot of operational elements in cyber that sometimes are elsewhere. It could be within infrastructure and operations. It could be within uh, other application teams. We saw a direct correlation between the more ownership that the CISO has, the better hygiene exists. And so that's another good data point that, that shows you get to better outcomes when, when you actually have the accountability lying in with the CISO. And so you might be able to uh, look at that and make adjustments. Uh, so the landscape analysis is there to help you sort of understand the state of play Bring that back to your boards and your leaders and, and use that in the ways that you need to use that to champion for your cause. Hiccup is the document that says, if you got anything you need to do, be looking at Hiccup because it is, the, it, is, it is how we define cyber safety. It's how we get cyber safety equals patient safety. And uh, it's not the end-all be-all. It's not your entire operation that you need to run from a cyber program, but it is the, the core hygiene that's necessary uh, for organizations to be adopting. And how does Hiccup potentially fit in with the Biden administration's national cybersecurity strategy that kind of focuses on um, minimum security standards for critical infrastructure sectors such as healthcare? Yeah, so it's uh, it is for sure how the industry has rallied and stated this is the these are the things that we think are important. Uh, as professionals uh, and in working with our government and the government saying, yes, these are things that are, are there. Uh, it connects as well. Uh, Nitin, uh, the deputy uh, director of CISA, just earlier today talked about this, the common performance goals that CISA has, has released also, I think that was late last year or earlier this year. And, you know, Hiccup connects to it, 95% match, you know, to, to how uh, those CPGs are, are stated. Um, it's, it's not 
minimum standards, you know, because it wasn't it wasn't written from a minimum standards perspective, you know. But I, it, it wouldn't be too far of a leap to think, you know, if we've all rallied around a set of hygiene practices, uh, you know, and we know that these are uh, these are impactful, that they that they help, you know, with this. And as Biden's strategy, you know, continues to move forward, and and we start seeing things like minimum standards being introduced in healthcare, one could think that. It, it could be sourced from that, you know, so we'll see, you know, as far as how that goes. And finally, Eric, anything else beyond, you know, these documents that you're kind of keeping your eye on right now in terms of threats or new technologies or things that kind of keep you up at night? Yeah, I mean, there's there's all kinds of interesting things. I, I think the, the launch of OpenAI's ChatGPT was for sure uh, a moment in time, you know, that, that got everybody excited, uh, both in a good way and a, in a scary way, uh, you know we're seeing we're seeing ChatGPT being able to be used uh, to create uh, malware that works and, and bypasses you know detections. You know we're seeing reports. I'm seeing media reports on that. Uh, but on the flip side, you know the good guys can use it too. You know to that to that degree on you know what are some of the things that you might not know about. I I, I certainly have used it to for my own personal you know issues things like business questions that I might not have realized or if I'm too stupid to ask somebody or too embarrassed to ask somebody, I go ask ChatGPT and it tells me the answer. It's like, oh, how, how lovely is this? Uh, so I think, you know, with these natural, uh, these, these language models that are getting introduced, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that we're concerned about with them right now in healthcare is just data leakage with them, you know, and, and being highly concerned about our protected health information, you know, somehow getting submitted into them and then becoming part of the model and then being released, you know, out through the masses that way. So there's there's got to be some control on on how you go about leveraging them. Uh, but for sure, I think it's going to be an interesting time over the next five years as that explodes, because it's going to explode. Thank you so much, Eric. I've been speaking to Eric Decker. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.